Ron DeSantis signs the Florida Parental Rights and Education Bill into law, defying Disney's woke virtue signaling. Joe Biden walks back everything he said for a week while claiming he never actually said it. And Will Smith apologizes to Chris Rock. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Today's show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Do you like your web history being seen and sold to advertisers? No, me neither. Get ExpressVPN right now at expressvpn.com slash Ben. So you are paying too much money for everything right now. Thanks, Biden. But there is no reason why you should be paying inordinate amounts of cash to your cell phone provider. Stop paying for Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile social initiatives. Stop paying for their thousands of retail stores across the country you never go into. Pure Talk is not going to charge you for any of that. Instead, they give you the killer 5G coverage you need on the same 5G network as one of the big guys for about half the cost. The average family is saving over $800 a year. So what exactly is your excuse? I made the switch. You can keep your number, keep your phone, or get huge discounts on the latest iPhones and Androids. Get unlimited talk, text, six gigs of data for just 30 bucks a month. And listen, if you still want unlimited data, you can get it and save a fortune. Go to puretalk.com, shop for the plan that's right for you. They have a 30-day risk-free guarantee, so you literally have nothing to lose. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Shapiro. You will save 50% off your very first month of coverage. That is puretalk.com, promo code Shapiro. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Why pay for all of the extraneous stuff you're not going to be using? Instead, use Pure Talk, save money, and get the same great coverage. puretalk.com, promo code Shapiro to get started. Yesterday was a massively important day, according to the mainstream legacy media. Why was it such an important and horrifying day? Because Ron DeSantis, the most evil of all governors, he's been evil since he decided to kill everyone in Florida with COVID, leading to a mass movement from other states into Florida, a spike in Florida's economy, and a giant boost for him in presidential race 2024. Because that's what happens when you kill lots of people on purpose. That's what happens to you. Ron DeSantis, the most evil governor in America, has now signed into law a bill saying that you are not allowed to indoctrinate children on sex K through three without parental permission. I know this stuff is like super bad and super terrible. And it's don't say gay, 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 according to the media. That's what this bill does. Now, I'm just going to read you the relevant text of the bill. And you tell me whether it sounds like this bill bans anyone in Florida from saying the word gay. Okay, you tell me that's what it sounds like from this bill. Or does it actually say that you are not allowed to indoctrinate small children in your left-wing sexual fantasies about how the world ought to work in order to validate your own weird conception of how the universe works? Okay, so here is what the bill actually says. An act relating to parental rights in education, amending Senate Bill 1001.42 FS, requiring district school boards to adopt procedures that comport with certain provisions of law for notifying a student's parents of specified information, requiring such procedures to reinforce the fundamental right of parents to make decisions regarding the upbringing and control of their children in a specified manner, prohibiting the procedures from prohibiting a parent from accessing certain records, providing construction, prohibiting a school district from adopting procedures or student support forms that prohibit school district personnel from notifying a parent about specified information or that encourage or have the effect of encouraging a student to withhold from a parent such information, prohibiting school district personnel from discouraging or prohibiting parental notification and involvement in critical decisions affecting a student's mental, emotional, or physical well-being, providing construction, prohibiting classroom discussion about sexual orientation or gender identity in certain grade levels or in a specified manner. Okay, that is the short version of the bill. The actual relevant provisions of the bill, this is section three of the bill, quote, classroom instruction by school personnel or third parties on sexual orientation or gender identity may not occur in kindergarten through grade three 
or in a manner that is not age-appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students in accordance with state standards. That's the whole thing. That's the entire thing. It doesn't say that a kid who has two dads can't come to school or that a kid who has two dads can't say, I have two dads in school. It doesn't say any of that. What it says is that teachers are not allowed to instruct on these issues. It says teachers are not allowed to tell your little boy that he could be a little girl. They're not allowed to teach your kid about the spectrum of gender, which is a bunch of bullcrap anyway. They're not allowed to teach your kids about sexual fluidity and malleability and gender fluid chickens. They're not allowed to teach kids about any of this stuff. Now, I would be perfectly fine with a bill that banned that education in all public schools for all grades, because I don't think it is the job of public school teachers to teach your kids sexual mores. I do not. I don't care whether your kid is 17. It doesn't seem to me that teachers should be put in the position of teaching values to students since they have no values to pass on to students that are relevant to me as a parent. It is my job to inculcate those values in my kid. And if I choose to inculcate values in my kid that are different from those of the mainstream, well, that's my prerogative as well. But the notion that the state has a deep, relevant interest in teaching my, my six-year-old about gay sex is absurd, okay? And everyone knows it's absurd. By polling data, everyone agrees with this bill. Democrats agree with this bill. There was a poll that was done in the state of Florida. I found a plurality of Democrats agree with this bill. I have a more extreme position than the bill, which is I don't think that sex ed should be taught other than just the biology of how sex works for reproductive purposes, because that's necessary for teaching biology. Other than that, I don't see why any of this stuff should be taught in schools. It has not added one iota to the real education of children across America over the course of the last 50 years we have been trying it. But that's not what this bill says. This bill just says you're not allowed to teach your kids gender and sexual orientation propaganda when they're six to eight years old, which is utterly uncontroversial for anyone who lives in the real world. Anyone who has kids, this is not controversial stuff. If you're a gay parent, this is not controversial stuff. Because after all, why would, like, do, do gay parents teach their young children about sex at the age of five? Like, I, I would assume not. I would assume that they have the same priorities in preserving the innocence of their children up to a particular age that I do as a straight parent. But apparently, according to the left, this is the worst thing that has ever happened in the history of the universe. Why? Because here's the thing. The left claims that they're all about defending children. They are not. They don't give one crap about kids. They do not care. I'm talking about the radical left. I'm not talking about your typical liberal who just votes differently than I do. I'm talking because those people, by the way, generally agree with me on this bill. I'm talking about the radical left. Not only do they not give a crap about kids and the innocence of children or protecting the innocence of children, they actively wish to violate the innocence of children by turning them into little echo chambers to validate their own adult decisions. That's what this is really about. This is about indoctrinating small children so that these small children are waving gay pride flags so you can feel better about yourself. That's what this is really about because kids don't need to know about any of this stuff. They don't. And by the way, kids in public see gay pride flags all the time and they don't know what it's about because they're innocent and they've not been taught about it. And this has been true, by the way, at Disneyland for years. And the people have been walking around at Disneyland for years wearing gay pride paraphernalia. No one cares. And the reason no one cares is because if you wish to indoctrinate your kids on this stuff, you will. And if you wish not to, you won't. But the idea that public schools should be indoctrinating this stuff and must indoctrinate this stuff. And if you stop public schools from indoctrinating kids in this stuff, it's really, really bad. That is only because you're a peculiarly screwed up adult who is seeking validation from small children. That is the only reason you would want this stuff taught to kids. There is no other reason. And when you say it's about protecting gay kids, it is not about protecting kids who are five years old and identifying as gay. Because guess what? They haven't even hit puberty yet. A kid at five does not even know what it means to be gay. That's absurd. 
Kids don't even have the hormones rushing through their body that allows them to think that way at the age of five, six, seven, eight years old. So what the bill says and what the media say that the bill says are two completely and utterly different things, sort of like the media coverage of inflation. So the media will cover inflation and then they will tell you everything is fine. Everything is good. Don't worry about it. Well, here's the thing. With rapidly rising inflation, we're also going to get rapidly rising interest rates. And this means that if you're looking to refi your mortgage, now is the time to do it. Do not wait too long. Instead, take advantage of a free mortgage review from American Financing. Learn about the ways your home can work for you. From a lower payment to accessing cash that can pay off debt, they can do all of it. And they never charge upfront or hidden fees. I'm telling you, there's a company that puts you first. So why not make the time to learn more? It could mean up to a thousand bucks in monthly savings plus tens of thousands long-term. If you start soon, you could skip two payments. You might even get an escrow refund, which equates to a few thousand more in overall savings. Think of the difference that can make, then give them a call at 866-721-3300. That's 866-721-3300. Or visit AmericanFinancing.net, NMLS 182-334, NMLSConsumerAccess.org. Go check them out right now, AmericanFinancing.net. If you are looking at a mortgage refi, do not wait any longer because the rates are only going to go up from here over the course of the next few years, AmericanFinancing.net. So there's nothing controversial about this bill. The media made it controversial and they picked up the language. I mean, it's amazing. All you have to do is look at how the media cover the signing of this bill, and you can see how how dishonest they are. Virtually every headline includes the words don't say gay in the headline, not in the bill. The bill doesn't mention the word gay once. The bill has nothing to do with saying the word gay in the classroom as opposed to saying the word straight in the classroom or saying the word sex in the classroom. The bill has nothing to do with that. But every major media publication has picked up on the left's characterization of the bill. As I've said before, they are just propaganda tools for the left at this point. It's the equivalent of Joe Biden puts out his Build Back Better Act and Republicans call it the Wasteful Spending and Garbage Act. And suddenly the entire media started calling it the Wasteful Spending and Garbage Act. So what did this do? It generated corporate blowback. So Disney, I have to say, for, for a group of people who supposedly run the country and they are, gathering behind the the closed doors in order to discern the direction of society. The people who lead our corporate overlordship are the most gutless cowards I have ever seen in my entire life. They are so unbelievably gutless. Disney has 200,000 employees. Disney has hundreds of millions, if not billions of people who consume its product every single year. Everyone consumes Disney product. A couple of hundred woke, radical employees decide that they are very offended that Small children will not be indoctrinated into validating their lifestyle. And the entire corporation of Disney starts trembling because they are cowards. They are pathetic, stupid cowards. So they put out a statement yesterday, the Walt Disney Company, which again is a company directed at preserving the innocence and magic of childhood. And they have to put out a statement about how small kids need to know about gay sex. It's very important. Here's what their statement says, quote, Florida's HB 1557, also known as the Don't Say Gay Bill. Also known by whom as the Don't Say Gay Bill? Known by whom? Only by people who are steeped in propaganda. Florida's HB 1557, also known as the Don't Say Gay Bill, should never have passed and should never have been signed into law, says Disney. Says Walt Disney, a company that should have nothing to do with anything except for providing innocent content that I can give to my children in a safe environment. That is what Disney product is for. It's so that when my kids watch TV, I know that they are not going to be indoctrinated with a bunch of happy horse crap from the left. Okay, so Disney puts out a statement. They say, our goal as a company is for this law to be repealed by the legislature or struck down in the courts. Wait, isn't your goal as a company to provide products and services that I as a parent wish to consume on behalf of my child? 
Isn't that your job as a company? To create a magical place where I can take my kids on a Sunday so they can hang out with Mickey Mouse and go on It's a Small World? I didn't realize that your goal as a company, Walt Disney Company, was to teach my kids that boys can be girls and princes can be princesses. I didn't realize that was your goal as a company. Pathetic dullards. They say, we remain committed to supporting the national and state organizations working to achieve that. We are dedicated to standing up for the rights and safety of LGBTQ plus IA double P O backslash colon semicolon star dollar sign hashtag little thing that goes over the over the letters in Spanish tilde. Members of the Disney family, as well as the LGBTQ plus minus backslash community in Florida and across the country. I, I didn't realize that the rights and safety of Disney employees were being violated in Florida. I noticed that Disney World is still in Florida. Has there been a spate of attacks on Disney employees in Florida? Are people like pulling Disney employees off to the side room being, hey there, boy, time to beat this out of you. Here you work for Disney, or you might be gay. Like, who's doing this? Is that how it goes now? Because of the so-called don't say gay bill? Is that what's happening here in Florida? Or is everybody going about their daily business and teaching their kids the sexual mores they feel appropriate to their child at a particular point in age? Is that what's going on? Because it seems more like the latter thing. So Disney always, the, the, the radical left, they're such liars. It's not about the safety of kids and it's not about the safety of the employees. The safety of employees of Disney is not threatened. That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And by the way, I'm, I, I will say I'm just highly amused at how Disney, which is one of the most repressive employers on planet Earth. Again, my mom used to work for Disney Channel. There were, there were nicknames for, for what it was like to work at Disney that are completely non-air appropriate about the peonage that was dictated by Disney's employment standards. But the minute that you say that you're a member of a sexual minority, then all of a sudden you can walk out of your job and there are no consequences. And not only that, not only are there no consequences, you get to run the company. You get to run the company. Disney is going to live to regret this crap. They really are because the people that they are alienating is parents. They're alienating people with children. They're alienating their entire consumer base on behalf of a bunch of people who wish to be validated by the thoughts of small children. It's pathetic stupidity. It really is. And the reason I'm angry about it is because I enjoy Disney product. I grew up on Disney products. I love Disneyland. We were annual pass members when we were in California. We still take our kids to Disney World. My kids walk around the house singing songs from Encanto. My kids love Frozen. Like they, they love all of this stuff. They like Frozen better than I do. They, they are very into Disney content. Because a lot of Disney content is wonderful. If you wish to steep your content in left-wing values, I will just stop consuming it. And so will millions of other parents. If Disney really wishes to hone in on that key group of left-wing parents who wish to sexually indoctrinate children in public schools, congratulations on shrinking your market from 100% of parents to about 5% of parents. Really well done. Well done, Disney. You geniuses. You have a few gay animators and suddenly the entire corporation is working on behalf of GLAAD not on behalf of their, of their consumers. Again, there's no threat to Disney's employees, Disney's gay employees, any employees. It's all ridiculous. And by the way, if Disney is going to start sounding off on politics seriously, it wouldn't be about, a about time for them to sound off on Uyghur genocide. I noticed that they have not. They, they have nothing to say about that, of course. So apparently only certain things are worthy of, of sounding off on. So obviously, this is a pretty fraught time in American culture, which is why you should give a new podcast a listen. This is the Jordan 
Harbinger Show. It's a top-shelf podcast named Best of Apple in 2018. A lot of folks tell you to listen to podcasts. I've told you to listen to a lot of podcasts. This is one you definitely do not want to miss. Jordan Harbinger dives into the minds of fascinating people, from athletes to authors to scientists to mobsters to spies. He's got episodes with Kobe Bryant. He's got episodes with Dan Carlin. Like a lot of fascinating people. And even if you disagree with Jordan, you're going to find something that you learn. Harbinger has enormous talent for getting his guests to share never-been-heard-before stories and thought-provoking insights. Without fail, he pulls out tactical bits of wisdom in each episode, stuff that you can actually weaponize and use in your own life. It's a great podcast to listen to casually. He's got a strangely relatable weekly segment called Feedback Friday, where Jordan covers advice on everything from psycho family situations to relationships to networking. Now, I don't always agree with Jordan and what he says on the show, but that's true for a lot of people listen to this show. Give it a listen. You're going to learn something. You can't go wrong with adding the Jordan Harbinger Show to your rotation. It's really interesting. There's not a dull show. Search for the Jordan Harbinger Show. That's H-A-R-B as in boy, I-N as in Nancy, G-E-R, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Ron DeSantis' spokeswoman, Christina Pachaw, eviscerated Disney in a Friday email to Fox Business, blasting the Mouse House's quote, having failed to condemn the Chinese Communist Party's human rights violations and saying that the company's disposition toward the genocide is much worse than silence, which is true because they make a lot of money off of the Chinese. By the way, also worth noting, as Katie Pavlish points out over at Town Hall, that Disney has its own problems with regard to the violation of children. A circa August 2021, Disney World employees among 17 people arrested in Florida child predator sting. So before I hear lectures from Disney about how we are somehow preying on children by protecting our own kids. And by the way, they're my kids, not Disney's kids. Before I hear from you about that, you might want to actually do some background checks on your employees who apparently are molesting small kitties. As part of a sting on suspected child predators in Florida in August, 17 people were arrested, including several Disney World employees. Apparently, some of these employees were at Disney's Hollywood Studios at the time of their arrest. One employee was at Disney's Animal Kingdom at Kingdom Lodge. He allegedly left his pregnant girlfriend to pursue underage sex. So it seems like uh, Disney might want to clean up its own house when it comes to the protection of the innocence. It's never been about the protection of the innocence of kids for, Di for Disney. It's all about the money. But if it were really about the money, this is the part that's amazing. It's not even about the money for them at this point. It's about the pure and simple cowardice of the act. They are such unbelievable cowards. And because they're in an echo chamber, they really think this is a winning issue for them. It's not a winning issue for Disney, and it is not a winning issue for Democratic politicians. Their echo chamber is so narrow. They watch the Oscars and they're chanting long with Regina Hall and Wanda Sykes and Amy Schumer who have a grand Q rating of zero. Three, three people who have no purchase with the American public. They're chanting along with them, gay, 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 gay. And they think that somehow this is going to win them massive political victory. Really, I hope they embrace it. Embrace it. Go for it, man. Do this every day of the week. Run on. Let's indoctrinate small kids that they can be a member of the opposite sex. Let's see how well that goes for you in a national election, you jackasses. So Joe Biden put out some tweets on the issue the White House did. Biden said, every student deserves to feel safe and welcome in the classroom, except if you wish to retain your innocence because you must be indoctrinated by a teacher who is dressed up as a member of the opposite gender, of course. Our LGBTQ plus IA minus backslash youth deserve to be affirmed and accepted just as they are. First of all, this idea that there's just a wide swath of five-year-olds who are LGBTQIA and they must be protected and they must be affirmed by everybody being indoctrinated in GLAD's favored views of sexuality, it is factually untrue. And again, I keep saying ridiculous, but there's no other word for it. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's laughably ridiculous. Joe Biden says, my administration will continue to fight for dignity and opportunity for every student and family in Florida and around. No, you won't. No, you won't. You won't even fight to get them into schools if Randy Weingarten tells you that they wish to not have teachers teach ever again. 
You won't even let them out of masks. The F you talking about? These people are going to protect your kids. They're not going to protect your kids. You want to know why parents are swinging against the Democratic Party? It's because they know the Democratic Party is more interested in paying off teachers' unions so they can use that money to get Democrats elected than they are in actually educating your kids, apparently on anything other than how to have non-traditional forms of sex. This is like the priority of the Democratic Party these days. Really go for it, guys. You own it. And you got Oregon's governor, Kate Brown, who she's very focused in on saying gay, 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 gay. She's very focused in on saying this a lot. I noticed that she's not focused in on, you know, stopping insurrections in major cities like Portland. But uh, here she was preaching that, that children must be indoctrinated in, uh, in LGBTQIA plus minus backslash carrot issues. Hi there, Governor Kate Brown here. In Oregon, we say gay. Oregonians are welcoming of our LGBTQIA community members. We want to make sure that Oregon is a safe, inclusive and welcoming place for all. She is so tiresome. She's so tiresome. Of course, she is the first openly bisexual statewide office holder in the state of Oregon. So slow clap for the state of Oregon because, you know, it's really important stuff, super important stuff. And, and in Oregon, they say gay. I have a question. How many parents are moving to Oregon because they say gay? Well, you know what tells the tale on how people want their states governed? Where do the feet go? Where are the feet going right now? They're going to Oregon from Florida or the other way around? Why is it that Disney is growing in Florida and shrinking in California? Why don't you, you know, go back to California. Seriously, take all your crap, go back to California and see how well Gavin Newsom treats you when he shuts down Disneyland for a year and a half. Really, see how that works for you. Okay, so all of this was, pre uh, by the way, this is the, the greatest political trap I've ever seen laid by the DeSantis administration in Florida. It's such a great political trap. Because they've somehow gotten the entire left to own the idea that sexual indoctrination of children is a winning issue. I, I, I don't know. It's like a magic trick. I understand that the left now believes that if they see something on Fox, they have to know immediately that Fox is wrong and it's bad. But if you continue down this path, you will destroy yourselves, you idiots. You'll destroy yourselves. So this is a massive trap that Santos is setting up for the left, and they fall for it pretty much every time. Well, you know, there's a trap that you are falling into. And that trap is paying too much for your gas. And now right now, right? I mean, listen, everyone is paying too much for gas right now because again, thanks, Joe. But here's the thing. You could be saving money on gas right now simply by downloading that Get Upside app I have been talking about. My listeners are earning cash back for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download that free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code Shapiro for 25 cents per gallon or more on your first fill up cash back. Stop paying full price at the pump. There is no reason to do it. Instead, download that app for free. Use promo code Shapiro for 25 cents per gallon or more on your first tank of gas. It's not just for gas. You can earn up to 30% cash back at grocery stores, restaurants, food delivery as well. You can cash out anytime to your bank account or get an e-gift card for select retailers and brands. Again, download that free GetUpside app. Use promo code Shapiro. Get 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank of gas. Use my promo code Shapiro right now. That is promo code Shapiro. Get that GetUpside app today. Start saving on that tank of gas right now because otherwise it's going to bankrupt you. So just go get that GetUpside app. Seriously, get upside app, use promo code Shapiro, get 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your very first tank of gas. So somehow, Ron DeSantis has got the entire left to say out loud that they want small children to learn about sexual orientation and gender identity in kindergarten. Somehow he's gotten these morons to say it out loud. It's incredible. And can you just imagine if Ron DeSantis ends up being the Republican nominee, for example, in 2024, can you just imagine a debate between him and let's say a doddering Joe Biden who somehow has been rolled out there because they can't allow Kamala Harris to do this, or Pete Buttigieg, the Secretary of State, or Secretary of Transportation, 
Can you imagine that debate where one of these people says to Ron DeSantis, you passed an intolerant, bigoted law in your state. I don't say gay bill. And Ron DeSantis looks at them and says, our bill banned the indoctrination of small children into sexual orientation and gender identity. Why do you want to talk to kindergartners about sex you perv? If he says that to Joe Biden, can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? Is that going to go well for Joe Biden? <laughs> this is not a winning issue for Democrats. And so yesterday, DeSantis signed this into law. And uh, in doing so, he brought out January Littlejohn, who's been a guest on this program, talking about her story. Her story is that her child was basically socially transitioned at school without her permission. Teachers did not tell her that they were using her kid as a social experiment and telling her kid to go by another name and pretend that her kid was a member of the opposite sex. She didn't find out about this because the school deliberately lied to her. So here she was explaining. In September of 2020, my daughter told me after school she had a meeting with school officials that was held behind closed doors where they asked her which restroom she wanted to use. I immediately contacted the school and was told by the guidance counselor and assistant principal that I could not be given any information regarding the meeting and that by law, my daughter had to be the one to authorize my notification of the meeting or attendance to the meeting. In other words, school officials asked my 13-year-old child her permission as to whether or not my parental rights would be honored. When parents are excluded from critical decisions affecting their child's health and well-being at school, it sends the message to children that their parents' input and authority are no longer important. This created a huge wedge between our daughter and us because it sent the message that she needed to be protected from us, not by us. Okay, so let's see if taking the opposite position of this parent is going to be popular with parents across the country. Democrats better go. For it. So Ron DeSantis, I mean, they are making Ron DeSantis not only into the nominee, they're making him into the president. That's what they are doing right now. It's incredible. And Ron DeSantis says basic things like don't sexually indoctrinate kids. And the entire left's like, no, we will. We like sexually indoctrinating kids. Ron DeSantis is a bad man. He's bad. So here's Ron DeSantis just ripping on Disney. It's like, well, but also, like, you, you idiots, you idiots. So the entire pitch of the Democratic Party for decades has been the Republicans are the party of evil plutocrats. They're the party of corporate America, of big business. They oppose small business. They oppose the little guy. They're trying to squash the individual. They're trying to squash the blue collar worker. Then you have one of the biggest corporations on earth, Disney, come out and say, we are in favor of the sexual indoctrination of your children. And this sets up Ron DeSantis to not only slap a bunch of people who want to misparent and destroy your children, but also to slap at one of the biggest corporations on earth, making him a populist. You idiots. Ugh, it's glorious. Here's, here's Ron DeSantis. We will continue to recognize that in the state of Florida, parents have a fundamental role in the education, healthcare, and well-being of their children. We will not move from that. I don't care what corporate media outlets say. I don't care what Hollywood says. I don't care what big corporations say. Here I stand. I'm not backing down. They're making him into a hero. You, you are doing it, you adults. Fine, continue. Really, please continue. And then Ron DeSantis goes further, and he points out that Hollywood is very, very upset with this. And he makes the same point that I did yesterday on the show, which is, would you want the Hollywood degenerates you saw at the Oscars actually making policy for your kids? Is that who you want making policy for your kids? Or you, you get to make policy for your kids. If the people who held up degenerates like Harvey Weinstein up 
as exemplars and as heroes and as all that, if those are the types of people that are opposing us on parents' rights, I wear that like a badge of honor. Man, they, well, if, if, if all politics is essentially oppositional, allowing Ron DeSantis to pick his opposition just by allowing him to stake out 80% positions with parents and then watching the left take the other side because they just hate Ron DeSantis, man, I mean, I will say that, that DeSantis, he has weaponized the oppositional politics of this time period better than any politician in America. Trump knew that anything that he said would be immediately opposed by the left. The problem is that Trump was never particularly discerning about which issues he chose to make the issue. Just whatever was on his mind that day. DeSantis knows that whatever he says, the left will oppose. And so he will say things like, the sky is blue. And they'll go, no, that's not true. How dare you, sir? And he'll say things like, what if we don't teach your five-year-old about gay sex? And the left will be like, no, you will teach our five-year-olds about gay sex. In fact, we will teach your child about gay sex. It's like, he understands the game and they don't understand the game. And they are, they are way behind here. They are way, so let it continue. Well, the good news for the Democrats is that at least they have one of the most cogent and articulate presidents of our lifetime on the world stage to oppose people like Ron DeSantis. You know, it's, it's, really, it's really great that we have a president who is so with it, sharp. I would say that he has a stunning command of the English language. Absolute clarity on every issue. He's incisive. The man is diamond sharp, this president of the United States. Yeah, if, if, you, can't, if you can't hear the sarcasm in my voice, I'm sorry that you have a condition. We'll get to that in just one moment. Well, Ron DeSantis is running rings around the Democrats. The good news for Democrats is that they have intellectual luminaries like Joe Biden to rely upon. But I'm going to tell you something that you should rely upon. And that, of course, is Ring Alarm. Ring does make an alarm. That Ring Alarm is an award-winning home security system with available professional monitoring when you subscribe. Best of all, you can easily install it yourself. That's why I've teamed up with Ring. You've probably heard me talk about how I use Ring Alarm to protect my home. Well, now I've gone pro with Ring Alarm Pro. Ring Alarm Pro is a next-level security system. CNET calls Ring Alarm Pro a giant leap for home security. After using it, I think they are totally right. Ring Alarm Pro helps protect my entire home and the Wi-Fi router it runs on. So this thing helps protect your home and your network, which is really, really important. I've got a secure network with a great signal for all the devices across my home, and that's a lot of devices. So now when I'm out or traveling, I know everything at home is protected and connected. Everything will stay that way. So get that Ring Protect Pro subscription the way I have, and I also have that professional monitoring for the ultimate peace of mind. So if anything goes down, I know that somebody is there to make sure that everything is taken care of. I love our Ring Alarm Pro. It makes me feel more secure. I got a lot of kids in the house. Got to keep them safe. I rely on Ring Alarm Pro. If it's good enough for my family, it's good enough for yours as well. Go check them out right now. Ring.com forward slash Ben. That's ring.com forward slash Ben to get started with that Ring Alarm Pro. Now, you may have seen Matt Walsh announce his newest film project, What is a Woman? Honestly, I cannot wait for it. It looks fantastic. But I'm also pleased to announce his newest venture as a best-selling author. The book is called, aptly, What is a Woman? It is now available for pre-order at whatisawoman.com and also on Amazon, where it's just at the number seven spot on the bestseller charts in the women's studies category. So not only is Matt a best-selling LGBTQ plus IA backslash author, he is also a best-selling women's studies author. Matt has been chasing down the answer to this question for over a year, not because he doesn't know what a woman is, but because the entire left doesn't know what a woman is. And so he's trying to figure out what the hell they're talking about. You can help him find an answer when you pre-order his book, What is a Woman? at whatisawoman.com or on Amazon. You're listening to the largest, fastest-growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. So, Joe Biden, this guy is just a stellar example of, of all of the intellectual weight that the presidency can bring to bear. 
So over the weekend, you'll recall, he just screwed up and screwed up and screwed up some more, like a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. So he had to walk out yesterday into a presser. And he brought with him, I kid you not, this little cheat sheet. It is a cheat sheet. And then he held it up in a way that the cameras could get it. And so here is what it says on his little cheat sheet, because he can barely speak English sentences. I mean, frankly, I'm surprised he can read at this point. Like they, they, these, are, these are complete sentences, and it doesn't seem like our president is capable of reading complete sentences anymore. It should have just said, like, cat, with a picture of a cat. And that, that's about as much work as Biden can do, because he has these talking points, and as we will see in a second, he still screwed up the talking points. They're in front of him on a sheet of paper. They're right in front of him, and he's still blowing it. And so here's what it says. It says, tough Putin Q&A talking points. I love that they have to... <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit tough. It's not just like Putin Q&A talking points. It's tough. We have to remind him these are, this is, these, are, these are hard, Mr. President. One, if you weren't advocating for a regime change, what did you mean? Can you clarify? I was expressing the moral outrage I felt toward the action of this man. I was not articulating a change in policy. As we'll see in a second, he has to actually ask that question and then he blows the answer. Two, Macron said he wouldn't have used these words and the UK government suggested it was a problem. Is this now threatening to splinter unity with your NATO allies? No, NATO has never been more united. He's just holding this in his hand. These are the, these are the easiest answers in the entire world. And he, ha he can't memorize them because he's not with us. The president of the United States passed away at least a year ago, and they have been wheeling around his non-sentient body for a while now. For all the abortion advocates who believe that sentience is the measure of a human life, I present to you the president of the United States. My goodness. Okay, so yesterday, he was asked about having walked back a bunch of stuff. Now, he's walked back a bunch of stuff. And, um, and so he just lied about it. He said, I haven't walked back anything. But he had, and we were all there. I'm not going to be gaslit by a man who doesn't even know how to turn on a light bulb. Are you worried that other leaders in the world are going to start to doubt that America is back if some of these big things that you say on the world stage, keep getting walked back. What's getting walked back? It made it sound like, just in the last couple days, uh, it sounded like you told U.S. troops they were going to Ukraine. It sounded like you said it was possible the U.S. would use a chemical weapon, and it sounded like you were calling for regime change in Russia, and we know... None of the three occurred. None of the three occurred? None of the three. None of the three occurred. I present to you, Joseph R. Biden saying all three of these things in a row. If chemical weapons were used in Ukraine, would that trigger a military response from NATO? It would, re it would trigger a response in kind, whether or not you're asking whether NATO would cross, we'd make that decision at the time. And you're going to see when you're there, some of you have been there, you're going to see, you're going to see women, young people standing, standing in the middle of front of a damn tank. Just saying, I'm not leaving. We will have a different future, a brighter future, rooted in democracy and principle, hope and light, of decency and dignity, of freedom and possibilities. For God's sake, this man cannot remain in power. It never happened. It never happened. He went and borrowed that, that mind eraser thing from Men in Black from Will Smith. Will Smith just used it on his slap. We'll get to that in a second. But he, uh, and, and then he just used it on you. It never happened, any of it. And if you believe it happened, it's because you're a bad manjaboo. A very mad manjaboo. Okay, so then Biden was asked about, you know, the U.S. using chemical weapons because he said that we would respond in kind. 
if Vladimir Putin used chemical weapons. And he's like, that never happened, Ajikis. And she bullet sands. And when you said a chemical weapon use by Russia would trigger a response in kind. It will trigger a significant response. What does that mean? I'm not going to tell you. Why would I tell you? You've got to be silly. The world wants to know? The world wants to know a lot of things. I'm not telling them what the response would be. Then, then Russia knows the response. Yes, that's the point. The point is that Russia should know the response. Oh, my God. So Peter Ducey's like, what is the actual response if Vladimir Putin used coming? It's a secret. It's a secret, McSecret. And well, but why don't you want him to know that you're going to do something really bad so he doesn't do it? No, because it's, it's a secret and secrets are secret. That's why they're called secrets. And so um, I have a brother-in-law. My brother-in-law, I met when he was maybe 11 years old, 10 years old. He was a little kid when we met um, because I've married my wife for 14 years at this point. And my brother-in-law is such a sweet little kid. And I remember there was one situation where he had a girl at his school and he and this girl were kind of on again, off again friends. And he said, he walked in one day and he said, this girl, call her Mary, he said, I've stopped talking to Mary. He said, oh, really, why? He said, well, I had a, a point system. And the point system was that if she said too many mean things to me, then I would stop talking to her. And we said, oh, did, did she know about the point system? He said, no, it was secret. And we, we all laughed because, of course, that's, that's silly, right? Like, if you actually want to dissuade somebody from saying mean things, you have to tell them that if they go beyond a certain point, then you are going to, then you are going to have a punishment for them. Joe Biden has adopted my brother-in-law's system for foreign policy from when he was like nine, 10 years old. Right, so we have, a, we have a secret punishment system aligned for you, Mr. Putin. It's very secret. We're not going to tell you. We're not going to tell the world. I mean, you don't know what's behind door number three. Behind door number three could be chemical weapons or it could be a puppy. We just don't know. And if we do know, I'm not going to tell you. It's a secret. Look, I'm smiling about it. Yeah, my weird joker grin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This doesn't move anymore so well. Yeah. Okay, then he was asked about uh, he, walking things back, not by Peter Ducey. And he says, I didn't walk anything back. I've never walked anything back, mainly because I can't walk anymore. Number one, I'm not walking anything back. The fact of the matter is I was expressing the more outrage I felt He's toward the way the Putin is dealing and the actions of this man. Just, just brutality of it. Half the children in Ukraine. I had just come from being with those families. <laughs> and, uh, and so, uh, but I want to make it clear. I wasn't then, nor am I now, articulating a policy change. Uh, I wasn't entering it. I'm not sure. I love that he, he has to keep going back to the sheet. It's in front of him. You can see it on the video. For folks who are only listening, you have to see the visual. The visual is that Joe Biden is looking down at the sheet. And then he, he looks up when he has to do his sincerity about like the kids of Ukraine. And then he looks back down at the sheet because he got lost. He couldn't get through two talking points without looking back down at his sheet. Ugh, this dullard, this dullard. By, by the way, again, the media will tell you he's not lost a step. Maybe he, if he has not lost a step, Joe Biden, it's because he had no steps to lose because there are no steps happening here. He is completely planted to the ground. His feet are encased in cement. He is not moving. He has no more steps. There are no steps to lose. Here is Joe Biden just babbling nonsensically. My budget lowers family energy costs with tax credits to help people make their homes more efficient. Research and development to broaden the reach of solar and build a clean energy future. My budget also invests in other areas of bipartisan common good. I call them unity agendas. I spoke to them at the State of the Union. 
beating the opioid, the opioid epidemic, taking on challenges of mental health, supporting our veterans, and ending cancer as we know it. Oh, my. <sighs> mm, yeah, things are going to get worse. They're going to get a lot worse because guess what? Nobody looks at this guy and thinks, I am so intimidated by him. I'm so intimidated by Joe Biden and his brilliant, incisive ability to look into the issues and discern the proper path forward. Ah, he is a, he's a genius. If Ukraine somehow pulls this off, it's basically because of Ukraine. It is not because of Joe Biden. So the latest on Ukraine, by the way, is that the Ukrainian counterattacks have, in fact, been gaining some territory. Meanwhile, Ukraine and Russia are preparing for talks in Turkey. According to the Wall Street Journal, Russia and Ukraine prepared to hold ceasefire talks in Turkey to try to end more than a month of war while intense fighting continued, with Ukrainian forces pressing to retake territory north of the capital of Kiev after Russian forces fired missiles at several Ukrainian cities overnight. Russian negotiators were due to arrive in Istanbul late on Monday, followed by a Ukrainian delegation during the night for ceasefire talks scheduled for Tuesday morning. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky over the weekend outlined the conditions under which Ukraine might accept neutral status as part of a peace settlement with Russia, saying his country could hold a referendum on neutrality, but only after Russian occupation forces leave Ukraine's territory. The Kremlin said, so far, no negotiation breakthroughs. Western officials expressed doubts whether Russia is ready to halt hostilities in Ukraine at this point. Now, worth noting here that there were negotiators who were legitimately poisoned the other day in Ukraine. So there, there were these, it's, it's kind of an amazing story. So the negotiators included a, a one Russian oligarch named Roman Abramovich. And he was legit, they were legit poison. They say by quote unquote Russian hardliners, but kind of unclear who would have been able to have access to make the poisoning happen. According to the Wall Street Journal, Russian oligarch Roman Abramovich and Ukrainian peace negotiators suffered symptoms of suspected poisoning after a meeting in Kiev earlier this month. People familiar with the matter said Abramovich, Ukrainian lawmaker Rustem Umarov and another negotiator developed symptoms following the March 3rd meeting in Kiev that included red eyes, constant and painful tearing, peeling skin on their faces and hands. Abramovich was blinded for a few hours and later had trouble eating, according to a person familiar with the matter. Some of the people familiar with the matter blamed the suspected attack on hardliners in Moscow who said they wanted to sabotage talks to end the war. A person close to, Ab to Abramovich said it wasn't clear who had targeted the group. Abramovich and others involved in the incidents have proved their lives aren't in danger, apparently. Zelensky, who met with Abramovich, was not affected. Zelensky's spokesman said he had no information about any suspected poisoning. Umarov said, I'm fine. Apparently, Western experts said it was hard to determine whether the symptoms were caused by chemical or biological agents or by some sort of electromagnetic radiation attack. The Kremlin did not respond to requests for comment about the suspected poisoning. Meanwhile, things on the ground are really ugly. There's a video that has now emerged of Russian POWs being shot in their legs by Ukrainian forces. Now, this is the sort of stuff that happens during wars. This is why whenever anybody sort of pretends that wars are clean business, in which one side is completely innocent, has clean hands, and the other side is completely abysmal in, in, in terms of human rights, that is rarely the case. That does not equate morally what is happening where Russia is bombing a completely sovereign country into the ground and Ukrainians are defending their territory. It is to say that to pretend that human rights violations don't happen on a fairly frequent basis during war is to ignore the nature of war. Bottom line here is, it doesn't seem like these negotiations are ready to bear fruit, mainly because no off-ramp has been provided to Putin at this point, and it can't help that the president of the United States is not making clear what exactly he wants out of all of this. The West is not making clear what exactly they think the final step here is. And so long as that is the case, 
it's going to be very difficult to come to some sort of arrangement or agreement with Putin. And that's going to be the only outcome here. The outcome is not going to be regime change, as now Joe Biden is finally acknowledging, sort of. Now, I'm not saying it's all on the West to come up with some sort of plan that Putin can accept. What I am saying is that the West has to come up with some form of plan that Putin at least has to consider. Because otherwise, Putin has no incentive whatsoever to stop the bombing campaign or not to continue this protracted guerrilla war in Ukraine or not to bring Belarus in from the North or not to use weapons of mass destruction. I have a feeling that that Joe Biden's super secret, double secret probation plan to respond to chemical weapons attacks. uh, I don't think that Putin is going to be dissuaded from using chemical weapons on that basis. So again, I think things are likely to grow uglier rather than less ugly over the course of the next week over in Ukraine. Meanwhile, the president of the United States continues to push forward with the idea that he's going to somehow rescue his fading approval ratings with class warfare nonsense. So yesterday he rolled out, I kid you not, a $5.8 trillion budget. Okay, a $5.8 trillion budget for the United States. Now, the normal budget for the United States is like a trillion dollars less than this. The federal budget for fiscal year 2020 was about $4.79 trillion. Joe Biden is trying to spend $6 trillion because this is the way that the ratchet works. Once you ratchet up the spending, you can't ratchet down the spending ever, ever, ever again. That's the way typically that the federal government works. Once you've ratcheted up to $4 trillion under the very, very last year of the stimulus package under, under, or, the, or, or TARP under George W. Bush, then $4 trillion it is up until the time it's $5 trillion, up until the time that it is $6 trillion. So now Joe Biden is proposing that in a time of massive inflation, we dump $6 trillion into the economy. Numbers never seen by God or man. According to the New York Times, President Biden on Monday proposed a $5.8 trillion budget that includes significant increases in funding for the military and police departments, along with higher taxes on corporations and the wealthiest Americans. The request to Congress for fiscal 2023 reflects growing security and economic concerns at home and overseas. Biden is proposing a 7% increase in domestic spending, including priorities like anti-gun violence initiatives, affordable housing, manufacturing investments to address supply chain issues that helped fuel rapid inflation. Well, guess what? Pouring money on inflation creates more inflation. Again, the definition of inflation is too much money chasing too few goods. You pouring money on top of that is throwing gasoline on a fire. The White House also, for the first time, proposed a discrete stream of funding for Veterans Affairs and Medical Care. The most notable spending increase was Biden's $773 billion military proposal, a 10% rise amid threats like Russia's invasion of Ukraine and concerns about Chinese ambitions. That request included billions to detect and intercept missiles from hostile nations like North Korea and Iran, along with $6.9 billion to help NATO counter threats from Russia and elsewhere. Now, raising defense spending makes sense because during the Obama years, we really, really hollowed out the United States military to the point where we could not fight a two-front war, which more and more it appears like would be the reality if, in fact, a real war broke out, a war with Russia in the East, in, in the West, and, and a war with China in the East. It would be the most likely scenario if you were to ballpark this out. But the, the rest of the spending is unforgivable. The White House budget proposal, according to the New York Times, put less emphasis on the types of grand social, climate, and economic policies Biden announced last year, but have run into resistance from moderate Democrats. But I love how the New York Times is trying to spin a $6 trillion budget proposal as a form of moderation now. Instead, the budget continued the president's pivot from his State of the Union address, where he reframed a domestic agenda that focused less on sweeping aspirations and more on issues worrying swing state Democrats, like rising consumer prices, crime, and health care. Biden said in a statement, 
Budgets are statements of values. The budget I am releasing today sends a clear message. We value fiscal responsibility. Mm Mm-hmm. Is that really what it is right there? It values fiscal responsibility? Uh, No. By the way, I I will say it is hilarious that Joe Biden is now attempting to fund local police departments. So we went from defund the police to $30 billion for, for police departments. Also, he wants $367 million for the DOJ to support police reform and crack down on police departments, prosecute hate crimes so he can make sure that Justice Malay doesn't attack Justice Millet, and uh, protect voting rights, by which he means we can uh, prosecute states that actively promote things like voter ID. Now, all of this is, is going nowhere. His budget is DOA. It has no chance of passage. And uh, Biden's economic advisor, Cecilia Rouse, admitted as much. So this is, no, this is never going to become reality. You know, outside forecasters uh, who have been, you know, who are studying this as well, uh, expect that inflation will be higher than they were anticipating back when we locked our budget. So then at the beginning of the year before the invasion. But they do expect that as we learn to maintain economic activity uh, while we are still working through this pandemic, while we uh, while supply chains continue to improve, although obviously there's there's uncertainty there with, for example, lockdowns in China, but we expect them to work through that, that we expect supply chain challenges to ease. We do expect inflation to, to ease this year and into next year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, none of this is going to happen. Okay, the supply chain challenges that are facing this administration are not going to be alleviated by attempting to pour trillions of dollars onto a budget. But the lies are coming fast and furious from this administration because they have to lie. They've got nothing else to promote. So you have the OMB director, Shalanda Young, saying, you know what this is going to do? It's going to reduce the deficit. Spending $6 trillion reduces the deficit, guys. Again, this is like my wife coming home from Nordstrom and telling me that she has spent $1,000, but she saved $800 on sale. Yeah, I I noticed the $1,000 going out the door is what I noticed. Here is uh, OMB Director Shalanda Young, straight from Nordstrom. The budget outlines the president's vision to expand on this progress. Its investments are more than fully paid for through tax reforms, ensure corporations and the wealthiest Americans pay their fair share. It achieves significant deficit reduction over the next decade. And it ensures no one earning less than $400,000 pays a penny more in new taxes. Yeah, it doesn't do any of those things. Okay, the the idea that people under $400,000 a year are going to be paying not more new taxes, that's been repeatedly debunked. Meanwhile, Joe Biden is out there saying he loves capitalism. Uh, no, he, he doesn't. He does not love capitalism. As a matter of fact, he has never earned a serious buck in his life outside of politics. Not one. He's not started a business. He's not employed anybody. He's worked in government since he was 29 years old. That's when he entered. He was elected to the United States Senate when he was 29 years old. He's been a complete useless person his entire life on the public dole. And, uh, and then he's gotten his children involved in, uh, in such niceties as running around picking up bags of cash from foreign oligarchs. So here's the president of the United States explaining how much he loves capitalism. And he would know to love capitalism because he has never been engaged in it, not for one iota of his life. Right now, billionaires pay an average rate of 8% on their total income. 8%, that's the average they pay. Now, I'm a capitalist, but uh, just, I want, I, if you can make a billion bucks, great. Just pay your fair share. Pay a little bit. A firefighter and a teacher pay more than double, double the tax rate that a billionaire pays. Okay, that is just a lie. That's just a lie. That's not right. Oh, not the creepy whisper, Joe. Don't do it. No. I hate it when he does that. It's the worst. It's so awkward. It's that moment when grandpa just starts whispering in your ear and you can smell his breath. That's terrible. (laughs) 
It's like, God, where's some more Old Spice, man? It's just not right. Every time he does that, it's it's the clown from It in the sewer. He's going to let me offer you a balloon. Uh, uh, Okay, so let me get over that for a second. But when, when Joe Biden says things like, I love capitalism, but billionaires pay no income tax, that is a lie. When it comes to capital gains, they are not classified as income. The only way you can make this argument is pretending that capital gains and income are classified the same way by the law. They are not. The reason they are not classified the same way by the law is because we wish to encourage people to invest in things like the stock market, to invest in startup businesses. It's why capital gains are not taxed like income. That's why. The reason that a firefighter pays a quote-unquote higher tax rate than a billionaire on quote-unquote income is because you're using two different definitions of income. If a firefighter were investing in the stock market and getting the same capital gains as a billionaire, then they would also be paying the capital gains tax rate. I earn most of my income as income. That means I pay a, an income tax rate well above a teacher or a firefighter. There will come a point in my life when I retire and I earn most of my money from the money that I have already paid taxes on and that I'm now investing in the stock market. And those will be called capital gains. So you're just lying. It's not true. Where are the fact checks coming? Any fact checks from the media? No, no. I love capitalism. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. By the way, the way that you know he doesn't love capitalism is because of his idiotic new wealth tax proposal. So he's proposing a 20% tax on unrealized asset gains. As I talked about yesterday, this is, you want to talk about unfairness in taxes? How about the idea that you are now going to be taxed as a percentage of the increase in value on your home? Let's say that you bought a home for $200,000. Now it's worth a million dollars because you bought your home 15, 20 years ago. Now you haven't sold your home. We're just going to tax you 20% of the value of your home. And 20% of the value of your million dollar home, last I checked, is about $200,000. You bought your home for $200,000. Now every year we're going to tax you $200,000. Make a lot of sense to you? No, because you're not a moron? Well, congratulations, you're not Joe Biden. According to the Wall Street Journal, it's a new tax on Americans with $100 million, $100 million or more in assets whose effective tax rate in any year is less than 20% of their income. But these taxpayers already pay a 23.8% tax rate on capital gains and 37% on ordinary income. The average tax rate for the top 1% of taxpayers in 2019 was 25.6%. I wish I had paid 25.6% in 2019. My God. I actually paid something closer to 50% in 2019. Here's the Biden trick, says the Wall Street Journal. The 20% minimum tax rate would apply both to ordinary income and the increase in the value of assets in a given year. This means taxing unrealized capital gains, which currently aren't taxed until assets are sold and income is actually realized. In other words, this is a new tax on wealth, even if it is structured differently than what Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders proposed. The White House is now redefining wealth as income. The targets would appear to have nine years to pay the 20% tax on the growth in their assets from the first day they've accumulated them. Going forward, they'd have five years to pay the tax on their annual unrealized capital gains. It's not clear whether losses in future years would be allowed to offset annual gains. So a taxpayer might have to pay a tax of, say, $2 million on an unrealized gain in 2022 of $10 million. But if the assets decline by the same $10 million the next year, tough luck. The government would win whether financial or other assets rise or fall. Taxpayers would have to report all assets to the IRS annually. Non-tradable assets like stake in a private company would be assessed at the last valuation event, increased annually, at the five-year treasury rate plus two percentage points or other methods approved by the treasury secretary. So in other words, if I have a liquid wealth in the Daily Wire, which I do, right? I own stock in the Daily Wire. It's not a publicly traded fund. So that doesn't mean, like, there's no place for me to sell my stock on the public markets. I would still be taxed on that, which is ridiculous. 
The White House would, would create massive complications in the tax code, create huge investment distortions. Illiquid taxpayers could, could defer payments until their sale and incur an interest charge. Investors would thus have an incentive to pile into illiquid assets like real estate to avoid regularly liquidating stock to pay taxes. The administration says the tax would apply to only the top 0.1%, but that's not the way this works. The income tax originally applied to people making about 500,000 bucks in 1913, which is about $14.5 million today. The income tax now applies to at least half of American income earners. Okay, so yeah, this is, this is all bad and stupid stuff, but at least it allows Joe Biden to pretend that he's doing something. Okay, meanwhile, got to give you the quick update on Will Smith. So now Will Smith has issued an apology to Chris Rock. The apology for what it's worth is, is a fine apology. I don't see like a massive problem with the apology per se. I still think that it is very odd that um, the that the rest of the world seems okay with people slapping each other in the face on the regular. That seems odd. So Smith said, I was out of line and I was wrong. I'm embarrassed. My actions were not indicative of the man I want to be. And this came directly after the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences put out a statement condemning the actions of Mr. Smith's, uh, Mr. Smith at last night's show. They said, we have officially started a formal review around the incident and we'll explore further action and consequences in accordance with our bylaws, standards of conduct, and California law. The Academy's statement came after a meeting on Monday. A five-page document of standards of conduct says that physical contact that is uninvited and in the situation inappropriate or unwelcome or coercive sexual attention is prohibited. Also not allowed is intimidation, stalking, abusive or threatening behavior, or bullying. Disciplinary action, according to the bylaws, could include suspension of membership or expulsion from the membership. They're not going to do this. There's no way they expel Will Smith, who just won an Oscar. Not going to happen. All they're going to do is they're going to go to Chris Rock and they're saying, can you please accept the apologies so that we're not put in an awkward position? So the, the apology, you know, was immediately followed by the media basically saying it's all over. Suffice it to say that if this had involved a series of different people, including not very, very famous actors, then everybody would have, uh, would have reacted slightly differently. If a janitor had gone on stage and, and assaulted Chris Rock, the janitor would be in jail right now, without any doubt whatsoever. Will Smith does it, and that is, you know, it's zero gore for Hollywood. Because after all, these are the elites, and the rules simply do not apply to them. As I said yesterday, there's also something deeply wrong with a society in which half of Americans immediately reacted by saying that it's okay to slap people if you don't like their jokes. Leave it to Howard Stern for the world's stupidest take. So Howard Stern, who, I, I'm, I'm amazed that Howard Stern has been able to survive the modern era, truly. And this is a man who made his bones off of being a wild, raging sexist. Uh, and, and here is Howard Stern turning the Will Smith story into something about Donald Trump. Because for these folks, everything is Trump derangement syndrome. Everything. Where's security? This is a live television event. Not one person came out. Because he's Will Smith, this is, um, this is how Trump gets away with Will Smith and Trump are the same guy. He decided he's going to take matters into his own hands. You know, at a time when the world is at war, it's bad timing, man. <laughs> when the world is at war. So if the world were not at war, then Will Smith can slap the, sh the, the, the face off of Chris Rock. Then, then it's totally fine. And it's totally fine. Also, what does Trump have to do with anything? People are so desperate to somehow spin this into a right-wing scandal. And it's like, oh, it's, if, if Trump had been there, he would have slapped somebody. Okay, man. It, I just would like to point out, Hollywood is 100% on the left. 
They're 100% on the left. It's a Hollywood mentality. It's not a right-wing mentality. It is a Hollywood mentality. It's all Howard Stern's friends who are giving a standing ovation to Will Smith the other night. All right, we'll be back here later today with an additional hour of content. Coming up soon is the Matt Walsh Show airing at 1.30 p.m. Eastern. Be sure to check it out over at dailywire.com. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Help spread the word about The Ben Shapiro Show by giving us a five-star review and sharing the show with a friend. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to check out some of our other Daily Wire shows. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Elliot Feld. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. And our production manager is Pavel Wydowski. Associate producer, Bradford Carrington. Editing is by Adam Saievitz. Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Fabiola Cristina. Production assistant, Jessica Crand. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2022. Today on the Matt Wall Show, I have another big announcement to start the show. Also, after the slap heard around the world, the consensus on the woke left is that it is, in fact, acceptable and justified to physically assault someone for mean jokes. Although there are a number of important qualifiers that we must take into consideration to understand this rule. We'll talk about that. Also, Florida officially enacts the anti-groomer bill while the pro-grooming factions react with demonic, pedophilic fury. The NFL also updates its diversity rules to encourage the hiring of more women because women are famously experts when it comes to football. And a male who identifies as trans announces that he has just had his first period and should probably seek medical attention right away. In our daily cancellation, psychiatrists and pharmaceutical industry have just announced that um, grief is now a mental illness and there's a drug to cure it, which will make them even richer. What a happy coincidence for them. We'll talk about all that and more today on The Matt Walsh Show. Hey, 